You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. Sascapes continues its podcast from Kindersley and area with a stop in Alsask and Laverna. I'm Kevin Power, and you've no doubt heard the song Home on the Range with the iconic verse, Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play. I piled into the truck with my host, Bill Warrington, and followed him through the country, his home turf, where there are deer, and I did see antelope play, and cows, and somewhere there were buffalo, I'm sure. Our first stop was in Alsask, where we picked up Bill's friend Bud Anderson. Bud had sandwiches and beverages for us all, and off I went on a tour from the back of Bill's truck. Okay, well, this is very exciting because this is the first time I'm making a podcast while literally on the road. I am in a truck in Alsask, Saskatchewan, and I'm riding in the back of this truck, which is being driven by my pal Bill, who we're going to hear more about and more from later on. But for now, I have another guest with me. Would you mind introducing yourself to us all? I'm Bud Thompson. Bud Thompson. And uh, my, Bud. Right, my right name is Robert John. But Robert John Thompson? From the day I was born, I'm Bud. How, now, who decided you were Bud? My father. Right. And was Bud a popular name in your family? Being No, we just said, well, we'll make you Bud. Yeah. Are you an only child? No, I'm one of 11. One of, yes, another big family. Yeah. And did you all get nicknames? No, the other ones I don't think got nicknames. No, no, we didn't. Right. And so you were born where? I was born in, uh, just in the Alberta side of Saskatchewan here, uh-huh. and uh, about uh, oh, 10 miles south of Alsask. All right. Wow. Well, so you stayed around the area. Yes, except for a few years of my life I was working other places. Right. And so, uh, are you a farmer? Did you grow up farming? I got started, finally I started farming. That's what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And I married a girl who thought the same way. Right. And she, she was, a, or is, a daughter of a homesteader. Right. My dad wasn't a homesteader, but he came uh, out on the excursion, you might have heard of that. Mm-hmm. To uh, help with the harvest. Right, but tell tell us all about the excursion. Well, he was working in uh, Ottawa and uh, wasn't keen on the job he had. Right. And he heard about these uh, harvest excursions where the government paid part of the fare, or all of it, I'm not sure about mm-hmm. that, and uh, to get guys to come out west to help with the harvest. Right. So he got on the train and came west and came to Alsask and never went back. And never went back. No. Wow. And so, but he didn't have a farm himself here. No. So you weren't inheriting a farm. You, you no. St- he yeah he farmed in his in his uh, years uh-huh. later but, there. Yeah. But the farm you and your wife got was not one that had been passed down from no. a family. No. Right. And and so you would your dream was to have a farm for yes. both of you. Yes. Right. And so when did you when. When did you officially become a farmer? I probably was, uh, I got married when I was 20. We were probably five years later. Right. Yeah. And for how long did you farm? I farmed up until just this spring and I sold my land to my son. Just this spring? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So that's been your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amongst other things that I did. Yes, what other things? I was on the municipal council for 20 years, or 22 years, I think. Right. And I was a wheat pool um, delegate for 25 years. Uh-huh. 
So that occupied my time as well as looking after the cows and the chicken. We had old McDonald's farm as well. We you had. had old McDonald's farm? Yes, we did. And the kids came along. We had four children. Uh-huh. And uh, there's one I just sold my farm to, my oldest son. Right. And uh, so maybe, I... I don't want to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Uh, I'm going to drive you through Alsace, so maybe Bud can tell you something. Oh, right. Okay, so okay. we're going through Alsace yeah. right now. We're going through what was a thriving town when I was a boy. Yes. And uh, I've seen it come to... Uh, the only business left on Main Street is the post office. And we had a big hotel here, as you can see. The Alsace Hotel. Yeah, it was. it's going to rack and ruin now. Station right. was right over there. Yeah, the CN station and the elevator row, of course, that we all, every town had. Yes, and now all that's yeah. left is the track. Yeah, the you track explain is... To him, explain to them about the reason they come here was because of the water, but... Yeah. Oh, yes, I gather that Alsace has incredibly yes, good water. Yes, and we've got water that the CNR developed. It's about, uh, I'd say four miles east of Alsace, uh -huh. down on what's called the... There was a branch line going out of Alsace down to Kedu Valley and those other towns down there. But they developed this spring water that's out there. Right. And still to this day, flowing like... Uh, no kidding. And the, the CNR had a water tank in town, big water tank, mm -hmm. where the locomotives would, would uh, fill up with water because it was good water... Yeah. Easy on the boilers. Yeah. And uh, the town was, at that time, big enough. They, the crew could stay there overnight and take this train back out. And the, the trains traveling through town would water up there, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so what was the population of Alsace been when you were here? Well, when I was here, it was probably around, I don't know, might have been 400. Mm -hmm. And or, now? And now would be a hundred and something. Wow. Yeah. Does is there a school that's still here? Or the school here. Just going to see it right off. Oh, here. here's the school now. No, right here. The big no, brick, brick, brick school, right there. This one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Grade uh, ones to twelve. Uh huh. Yeah. It's not. It's not working though. No, it's not working. That would have been it though. Yeah. Built in. Bit. Built in around when? Oh, nineteen. 1911? 17, 17, I think. I can't remember what's yeah. written on the wall there. Uh-huh. Right. So the, the kids are bused to another school now? Yes, they are. They're bused over to Marengo. Right. And uh, that's a composite school over there. Tell me, what were relations like between the Alberta side and the Saskatchewan side? Yeah, re relations were good. Yeah? Yeah. We had got to know the guys over at Sybil. That's the next town. Right. You know, everybody played baseball. Is that was that the pastime? Baseball? Yeah, baseball, sports days, and stuff. And so the the farmers all quit working in the field to play ball. You know, right, right. <laughs> Some of them were pretty good. So, what didn't you have um, growing up that that we now just take for granted? Well, television for one thing. Yes, and uh, they were just stopped uh, in front of the old school here. Like, there's more, there's so many cars, like every kid's got a car, it seems like, nowadays. Yes. You know, if you're of an age, you can get a car. Sure. Um, we walked. You walked, really? Yeah. So, what, but, what what would have been the furthest distance you walked to get? My dad's farm, where I was raised, was only a mile from the school. All right. And I was one of the lucky ones. Like, our family was lucky that way. Right. Others had to come some distance, you know, and there was, uh, for high school students, they came off of the south line with Ontario uh -huh. and Erie, and uh, they would board in town here and catch the train back out in the weekend. Right. So they... And, and was horse and buggy not an option? It was horse and buggy was kind of, in my time, was not very... Not many people had them anymore. No. They had old cars. Right. You know, and, and there was the odd one that would have a horse and buggy, I guess. Right. The guy's land that I got, Mr. Richards, uh, he had uh, nothing but a horse and buggy. Uh -huh. And he was here. I was talking to him, and he said he landed in Alsace, just north up here where the Air Force Base is. And uh, Alsace was nothing but a few tents. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he said he got underneath the, made his bed underneath the wagon for 
to spend the night, and when he got up, there was four inches of snow, he said. <laughs> so he was out early in the spring, I guess. I don't know what year that was. So what did you do before television for entertainment, other than baseball? Well, we had we had the radio, of course. Yeah. And what and, do you, you remember some of the radio shows you liked? Oh, to? yeah. Like my dad controlled the radio on some nights because right. he wouldn't miss a boxing uh, and where thing. would the radio station, where would you have been getting the signal Oh, uh, We'd be getting it from... Uh, uh, Waters. Waters, that's from right. Waters. Yeah, right. Waters. Right. CBC. And so, yeah, we all had our favorite shows, you know, like the, the Green Hornet and some of those kinds of shows. The Shadow. The Shadow, yeah. Amos yes. and Andy. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. And what did your mom do? My mother was a mother. She had 11 yeah. kids. <laughs> right, right. She didn't have time to do anything else. No. And did she make all of her own clothes? No, I don't think so. She, she, uh, there was never much money, you know. Right. She managed to get her clothes. I don't remember her making them. Right. And uh, that's not my old home. Just right over there that you see. That little, yeah. That's where you that's where it was. Yeah. And is that still considered Alsask as well? Yeah, that's that's just like a mile out of town. All right. So we were raised mostly there. Wow. And uh, walked across this field yes. in the winter time and made a trail across there. You must love this area to have stayed here all of your life. Oh yeah, we. It was easy for me and because my wife was raised here as well. Right. And when when uh, we were both working in Calgary, when we got married and decided that we could set up a farm, mm -hmm. we came and did that together. Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What's the most special thing about living here that keeps people here? I don't know what it is now. It, uh, is it, it the simplicity of life? I think it is, and uh, it's just neighbors. You know, neighbors. We, we grew up with our neighbors. Yeah. And uh, we got involved in what was going on in the community. Yes. In the town and around the area. Can you recall some of the more colorful folks living around here? Some of the... Some of the oddball types. <laughs> oh, let me see. Did they have uh, a thriving bootlegging business around yes, here? Yes, there was in town. Yes. It was a Chinese guy. He had a laundry. Uh -huh, Chinese uh, laundry. And uh, and the bootlegging, yeah. of course, was, I don't know which was the best business. But right, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, and so Joe Joe Wu was his name. I remember him quite well. Joe Wu. Yeah. Uh -huh. and did, was there? Do you have a restaurant as well? No, but there was other Chinese people in town that had. Right. And Charlie Wong was one of them. Uh huh. He raised. He had a the Carlton Cafe, and that was across the street, not far from where the bootlegger was. Right. But he was on Main Street, and the bootlegger is, was up the other. See, this is a point at which we should feel um, very confused because we are literally now between two signs: one that says "Welcome to Alberta," exactly. and the one behind us that says "Welcome to Saskatchewan." Yeah. So, how do you know what time to set your clocks at when you? It's a little here? confusing in the way. I'm on. quite sure. <laughs> are they literally over there an hour yes. difference from here? Yeah. No. We we stay on our regular time. Right. They change their clocks. Right. So it's, right. it's confusing. If you have to do business in Oyen, that's the next town. Uh -huh. uh, 
you got to remember what time you're working on. I'm sure. Yeah. You can arrive an hour early or an hour late yeah, for things. Yeah, So back to the bootlegging. So it seems that bootlegging was um, known about. Yes, and it was. just not talked about. Yes, it yet. was kind of undercover. Was it undercover? or did bit, yeah. Even the authorities know. But oh, just yeah, the authorities knew all about it. Right. <laughs> and uh, at that time they were selling uh, the Irish sweepstakes. Was definitely against. Uh, was a no-no. The, now tell me about the Irish sweepstakes. Well, it, it was races over in Ireland. Okay, right. And somehow, these Irish sweepstakes got into Canada and different places, and they were not. They were illegal, really. So they were betting. Yeah, they were betting. Right. And uh, so somebody in the community uh, had some connection. He got these tickets, mm-hmm. and I can remember when they came. Uh, There'd be quite a undercover yeah, right. going on about who was buying sweepstake tickets. Right. And Would you all meet in some central place? Not me. It? I had nothing to no, do with you, it. No, of course not. No. I was too young and too broke for oh, that. Oh, right, right, right. But anyway, that was going on. Yeah, because how much would you? How much would a ticket cost? I think they're around five dollars. Right, which was a lot of money then. Yeah, it was. Right. But anyway, across the street where the Carlton Cafe was operating, mm-hmm. when I was a boy, there was other cafes. That burnt in the fire. Right. Uh, now, when you say the fire, was there a major? Yes, there was. It burnt half of Main Street, 1937, I think. Half of Main Street. Yeah. And did they determine the cause? Yes, it was started in one of those Chinese uh, uh, restaurants that was on that side of oh, the street right. as well. Right. And it, it left uh, the drugstore on. The north end of Main Street there on the one on the one block, right, and a hardware store on the far south end, uh, and the rest in between burnt. Was it a suspicious fire or? Was no, it, it wasn't. It was caused by you know people had they were putting out ashes and stuff you know. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So somehow I don't know really the details of how it started, but. But the town at that time had a pretty good fire department, and they they saved the rest of the. Now, were they would they have been a paid uh, fire department or a volunteer? Volunteer. Right. And they had a big old pump on you know those horse-drawn uh, fire wagons that they had. Yeah, you sure. probably saw pictures uh-huh. of them. Yeah. Well, there was one in our that sat over a cistern in what we call the town hall. Right. And. Uh, yeah. It had a big engine mounted on it, and all the horse stuff was, you could see the harness, the, not the harness, but the, the poles and the wood, they had them hoisted up to the ceiling. Right. They used to drop down on the horses, you see. Right. Well, it, by my time, that was done for, but the stuff was still there. Right. So the, they had enough hose to reach anywhere in town, and that old engine would put out a pressure just more than two men could handle almost and what was um what was communication like did you did you have a at what point did you get phones i i guess they must have got phoned i don't know the fire bell would ring right had to be the town the town people would know what that was about right yeah sure that was the major signal yeah there was a big bell up on the top of it in a tower on top of the town hall And that, if it rang at an odd time, that would be a real signal that something was going wrong. Right. I remember that when I was sitting in school one time and the bell rang, and I thought, what in the world is going on? And later that day we found out that Italy had surrendered. Oh. And one of the old veterans had, wow. was ringing the bell in, right. in celebration of that. Wow. <laughs> world War II. Now, during that time, there was a lot of things that had to be rationed, like sugar. Yeah, there was. Everybody had a ration book. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't get tires. Right. Uh, gasoline was rationed. Farmers could get enough stuff to get go on, get, to get by with. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was everything was rationed. But the ladies got so they knew... Who needed what, or didn't? They didn't want these coupons. They trade them, you know, back right. and forth. I, I have a ration book at home in my. You do. In my drawer, yeah. And so that was the advantage of having neighbors: is that you yeah. really relied on each other. Yeah. Like sugar and 
jam and things like that were rationed. Right. Yeah. And you took nothing for granted. I mean, everything was precious. But my, like my mother, she, and like a lot of mothers, she had a flock of hens, you know. Yep. And Hang she, on, guys. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah. We're going through the mud. We're driving up the meridian, you know. Yeah, we're on the meridian. That's Alberta the meridian. there. Right. That's Alberta over there. This might as well be ice <laughs> for the amount of sliding around we're doing. Yeah. You're not doing this just for effect, are you? No. Bill? No. no. <laughs> this land up here was It'll my... Be another water hole, eh? No. Right. My brothers had this land and this land. All this land has been changed hands in the last four or five years. This was your, your brothers had or still have? They had. They've sold right. out and retired. Right. This is really good land up in here. That's why the mud holes are like they are. Right. Now no. you said that you said your farm you sold to your son? Yes. Right. So that must feel good to know the farm oh, stays yeah. in the family. Yeah. And he's uh, he already had some land and he just like I, we had four children mm -hmm. and uh, we were wanting out. So the kids got together and decided what was gonna happen. Uh huh. That Bill was gonna buy the land. Right. And the rest they set the price. I, I couldn't even set my own price. Right, right. <laughs> well, plus it's hard to set a price when you're selling it to your family. Yeah, it is. Right. So anyway, it's been working. Now he's, uh, now we're getting away from the old stuff. But. Right. Um, look at the antelope here. Yeah. Right oh, there's an antelope. Three of them. There's two mamas and three. Oh, oh yeah. One there's... of them must have had twins. We're driving yeah. by some antelope. Now, uh, these antelope are wild. They're not... Yeah, they're wild. Like, like deer. Right. Yeah. When we were kids, this, speaking of deer, when we were kids and going to school, there wasn't a deer in the country. And now right? they're the curse of the land. They're, they're on everybody's haystacks. Or, they're just multiplied. Their game has moved down from where they were, you know. Even moose. Well, there's all kinds of different. All kinds of moose? Well, there's quite a, enough to have, that they have a, a legal hunting season for them. Right. If you're wondering what that crop is, that's peas. These are peas here? There's peas, yeah. Right. This is... This is what makes this country tick. Yeah, it is. This is the economy of the country it's, we're driving it's through. right here. This is the economy of the country here, but... Right, exactly. Yeah. This is lentils here. Peas and then lentils. Yeah. I'm not sure what that would be. It looks like there's a beard coming. No, no, there isn't. It's just a shot blade. So your mom had to look after 11 kids. What was uh, what was her cooking like? Her cooking was very good. Yeah. Uh, what was the favorite thing she used to make? Uh, I don't know. We had a lot of mashed potatoes. A lot of, well, potatoes are pretty and, and easy to come stuff. by. And we had our own meat. And fresh pies, I bet. Yeah, and uh, then the girls got a little bigger. They helped out a lot. Right. And uh, did you? Did you have no, to help out with the cooking? No, I never did. Were you uh, any musical um, talent in your family? Well, on my wife, she's a, a piano teacher. And, uh huh. And but on our side of the family, no, we didn't have any musical instruments to no to learn anything on. Were there local musicians that would that you could go and listen to play when you? Oh were yes, up? like the dance bands that they had around. Right. They, they were all local people. Right. And what would the what style of dance would it have been? Well, you know, it'd be uh, the the old waltzes and right. and uh, just the uh, music of the day. Right. And uh, but the musicians didn't necessarily come. From the village, every village. There were right. several villages, and and uh, there'd be two or three people from a village that could play. They made up a band. Right. Did you have a movie theater at any point? We had a movie theater. Yes. As long as I can remember, it was in the, the Sonic Hall uh -huh. of the time. Right. And uh, we had Dave Miller. In my day, he was operating it. Mm -hmm. And uh, every Saturday night. We could, if we had 25 cents, we could get into the movie and buy a bag of popcorn. For 25 cents? Yeah. Well, that wouldn't get you far nowadays. <laughs> and what were some of the movies that you can recall? Going well, I, I remember, I always liked the westerns, you know. The westerns, yeah. Right. The Lone oh, Ranger. The yeah. Hopalong right. yeah. Cassidy. Right. Those kind of... Right, you felt at home watching them. And then, 
the kids would sit up front, you know, and hoot and holler when the when the film broke. Right. Which it did quite often. Yeah, I'm sure, right. <laughs> and the guy got it repaired. Right. And uh, this was before power. Alsace was supplying its own power at the time. They, their fathers got the other generator. Yeah, they got a couple of generators going. Right. But on a, one occasion, uh, they failed. So my dad brought his little John Deere tractor in, which had a belt pulley on it. Oh, right. Put the thing in the guy's garage and got it going. And got the camera going? <laughs> got the, the projector going? Yeah, got it going. <laughs> that was pretty resourceful. Yeah, it was. Would there be have been a lot of power outages when you had your own generators? Uh, town was generating their own power. Right. And uh, no, there wasn't because no. they got some good equipment. Yeah. And I know I have the receipt of my dad's receipt that he bought a membership uh, membership in the power Alsace Power Corporation. Right. I think it was five bucks. Five bucks. Yeah, and uh, I have that still. Winters here must have been brutal. Winters were, yes, they were. Don't can testify that too that some of the winters were really bad. But we uh, we didn't depend like we were so close that we didn't have to have a an old truck going or hook up a team or anything. Right. We just walked. But a lot of people came. They had to quite a little sleigh ride to come to town. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it was cold. Well, I was going to say, you said we just walked, but still, you were walking through some pretty cold temperatures. Oh, yeah. But, you know, our destination was easily seen, so... Sure. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's the yeah, advantage of being yeah. on the prairies. You can see where you're yeah. going. We know. Right. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good time to be a boy. Why? Yeah, because... I you, don't know. We just had freedoms and... And, and uh, you made your own fun. Made our own fun. Like, our... Town, our farm there where I was raised was a mile from town and uh, the town guys would come out, you know, our friends. And we had all kinds of little uh, things done to, <laughs> to make their life miserable. Yeah, what did you do? One time we built an electric chair and we had a, <laughs> we had a magneto on a propeller and uh, we had the arm built, you know, strapped down, Yeah. and we put the, uh, we had a battery, little uh, things that you hooked up the battery with, Yeah. we put over their thumbs. Really? Yeah. That's that give it Who quite a bit. the magneto? <laughs> we had a wind drive magneto. You know what a magneto is. Yeah, sure, but yeah. how many, so how many volts were you, uh, I have no idea. Given these ports. It suckers? was damn hard anyway. <laughs> I bet. That'd be like being on an Arctic fence. And we had, uh, from the, from the 30s, those trees that we had, they were full of Russian thistles. Yeah. But they were old Russian thistles, so they weren't prickly. Right. And, uh, we built, inside there we could build rooms. There were so much thistles. So we had rooms that, uh, town guys couldn't get into and we had we made a jail uh, out of a little old barn we had down you the guys were brutal between the electric chair and the jail you didn't want yeah. to get yourself in too much trouble well, as a we kid. Didn't have guns, eh? <laughs> yeah right the well, only guns we had were homemade and slingshots slingshots yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah some guys got really accurate with those slingshots well I guess all that physical activity kept you guys in really good shape I guess we were, yeah. We didn't know it, but right. I guess we must have been. Well, that was your way of life. Yeah. You think it's just fun being a kid now? I mean, it's hard for you to talk because you're not, but uh, you see all the luxuries kids have It's now. A, just a different fun, I think. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, we weren't... Well, you had to be strong then. Oh, yeah. We, I don't know. We just were kids. <laughs> you know, that's a good strike, bud, because I never heard that before. Yeah, that's, we had rigged up... Did you never get in trouble? I mean, that's oh, pretty harsh. Uh, we got in trouble in school different times. Uh, no, but I mean, with there. the electric chair, that's pretty no, harsh. we didn't. Everybody we didn't. just shook their head and said, oh, those kids. Yeah, I guess they, the adults didn't know anything about that. That was just something. That, I had twin brothers. Yeah. And uh, Identical? Identical twins. Yeah. And they're, uh, let's see, uh, they must be... 
Well, they're a few years younger than I am anyway, I don't uh -huh. know how old they are. Well, they were kind of mechanically inclined from day one, I think. So, so they were the they were the spearheaded this project yes, of the electric I chair. So. I never did anything bad, so it wasn't me. Right. Right. It amazes me that in such small towns you're able to get away with stuff and nobody know about it. Yeah. Was well, that in your mind that nobody knew about it? No. Or did people truly not? How did you keep something like that undercover? Where'd I don't you keep know. The electric we never. It never came up. So it was sort of like the bootlegging. Nobody knew yeah. about it. It was just one of those yeah, things. When we first came to that farm, uh, I tell you, 1930, 31, 34, my dad moved us out to Vancouver Island. Oh. Because things were so desperate on the farm. And he was renting. We weren't on that place I showed you. Uh -huh. We were born down south of there. Uh, and did you just leave the farm? We left the farm. Dad was just renting this old farm. Yeah. And, it, you know, it wasn't fit for man or beast. Right. So, uh... Where did you go on the island? We went to Cowichan Bay, oh, Cowichan yeah. Station. I know it well. Beautiful place. And, uh, my grandparents were living there, and that was the reason they went there, I think. Right. Was and that they, the first time you saw the ocean? Yeah. It, you were quite young. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then when did you come back? In 1937, my dad came back on the freight train, uh -huh. and things were worse than... Worse when he came he, back yeah, than when he left? Yeah. So back we went and stayed for two more years, and in 1939, we arrived at that farm I showed you. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. That was our... our moved out on account of the... When I was four years old, my mother took us down in the basement, in the cellar of this old house we lived in. Uh -huh. The wind was blowing, and you couldn't see anything for dust. And she, in the middle of the day, she lit the lamp, and down in the dirt cellar we went. My brother and I, that was the only ones there at the time. Wow. And uh, I don't, you don't forget that. Kind of no stuff. kidding. No kidding. That was scary. I bet. Well, there, there, was, a, there was, a, was a character living in Sybil. And he'd come down to Elsask for his lunch or something. And after he'd been there long enough, he'd say, Well, time to get back to the promised land, he'd say. The promised land being Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. I think every province in Canada sort of claims that as their... <laughs> how, how often do you get to the big city? Oh, we go. I don't know. Sick. Usually I'm going now for medical. When you get sick. Yeah. There's no other reason to go? Not really for me. I, I like to go up to Saskatoon one of these days to go through the museum again. Yeah. And uh, well, do that this summer sometime. Right. And uh, other than that, uh, it's in a world of the age, Helen and I were, we got these medical problems and they right. send you from, Sask from Kindersley to Saskatoon to the specialists. Right, yeah, right. And you know, as we're passing this, um, this, I'm going to say that it's a barn on the left here that's sort of leaning. Yeah. Um, I find it, I would love to go through the province and take a picture of all these leaning barns. What's that, Bill? Was that a grain rig back there? Oh, I don't know. But every time I go by one, I always ask myself, why does it stay standing? I mean, why why don't the farmers just kind of bulldoze them? Or are they sort of landmarks? Or, or, I don't know. Why yeah, they don't? Sentimental reasons. Sentimental reasons? Because some of them are just, like, ready to... I swear if you blew on them, they'd fall over. Yeah. But they're quite fascinating to look at. And you just keep them for sentimental reasons. Oh, I guess they do. Sometimes you a farmer will clean up an old barn or something, but uh, especially if it's in the yard they're living in. Did they have barn dances growing up? Yeah, they used to have. Yeah? Before my day. Before your day? Yeah. So if you went dancing, you had the dance hall to go to. Yeah, we have the, yeah. what we still have, their halls, you know, the community halls. Right. That's where we went. And they, I can remember being propped up on a, a pile of overcoats in a rural school while my dad and mother went to the dance. Is that right? And they, and they had the desks all lined up on one side, piled up. Top of that was the coats, on top of that was the kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, did you meet your wife at a dance? I met my wife in school. How old? Well, I suppose she'd be nine or ten. No kidding, you married your childhood sweetheart. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think she did too. Ah, uh, that's quite <laughs> sweet. 
What's this bird flying bastard here? It is a hawk. Her dad was a genuine homesteader, walked in the, to the country from Kindersley to his homestead. Your dad? Her dad. Her dad walked yeah. from Kindersley to the homestead? Yeah, out by Manterio, which is probably 40 miles or so. And he carried two small pigs on his back in a gunny sack. And did he ever walk back? I don't think so. <laughs> he was heading for the homestead. He knew where he was going. And he would have walked because there would have been... I the, mean, the train hadn't... The track hadn't been laid yet. Right. So he was head of that. A lot of guys came before that happened. And horse wouldn't have been an option? Uh, he didn't have a horse. Uh, I don't know how he managed that. He must have got them one later on, new, uh, you know, bought a team of horses or something. But when you were walking 40 miles, surely somebody with a horse would pass you. I don't know, you know. It's, no? There's a lot of guys doing the same thing, so. Wow. Now, one thing I want you to—I want to point out to you as we go north here. Yep. Every place that you see a groves of trees like that, somebody lived there. Yeah. That's so oh, and, so and every time you see a, a groves of trees, somebody lived there. Yeah. There used to be a yard there. They're not natural. They're planted oh. trees. And that would have been acted as a windbreaker. Yeah, that was what the sorts. idea was. Yeah. That would right, right. Yeah, oh, the, I never knew that. Is if that you the, look over there at all those trees, yeah. Imagine that was there wasn't one there. At the right. beginning. Right. It was all like if you looked out this window. Like yeah. That. Right. So your ancestors were largely responsible for planting a lot of these trees. Oh yeah. Those trees in my yard there, where you drove up the lane. Yeah. The, the guy that had the homesteader there brought that seed with him and planted those caraganas. All oh, right. And they're still growing, and that's a hundred years ago. And that's the same all across the province. Whenever yeah. you see a clump of trees, somebody yeah. had lived there. All the stories on these yards that aren't there anymore that nobody knows. Well, I want you to take special notice of this sky. Of the sky? Yeah. It's well, the most beautiful sky except for Nova Scotia. No, it's no, no. It's the most beautiful sky you'll there ever see. No, there's no comparing Saskatchewan skies with no. anywhere else. Look at, really, the, look at the, uh, the distance you can see. I will never look at these clumps of trees the same again. I would. I never knew that. Yeah, that's why they're there. Bill, you're going to get me there late. Hey, They're going to get me there late. It's got to be one or two. Got one. I'd sooner do this. What's it, what was it like being on, uh, you said you were on the RM Council? Um, well, it was a good, it was a good time of my life. I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah? yeah you like the nitty-gritty politics of it all? Yeah, I enjoyed that part, sure. Right. And, uh, you know, we had council meeting every month, and I had my district to look after. Our, our job as councillors mostly was road work. Looking after the uh, municipality, really, and what was going on, and what could be done and couldn't be done. And right. A few of the guys told me that they actually were, did spool knitting. Did you get into that? They would what? Spool knitting. Spool knitting. I did spool knitting when did I was you? a kid, yeah. Wow, that was the thing to do. Yeah, you it was. You should have been in Kindersley today, but... Well, of course, there was enough guys there telling stories. It's all right here. You guys are having a good time there. We used to call that corking. I had not oh, heard yeah, of this. Corking, as, yeah. Yes, corking, yeah. Exactly. And then you'd wind it around and, and sew it together and make a rug. Exactly. Right. Boring thing if I were... What's that? Pretty boring. I'm quite sure. You never took up regular knitting? No, I never did. My wife knits. Right. So what would you do in the dead of winter, apart from the radio, to pass the time? You couldn't go out and get access the electric chair. No. That probably was covered we, uh, in snow. We made uh, snow forts. We went skating. We went toboggan riding. Right. Now, we what went, would you skate on? The local arena? And we went one into town, and they had an uh, outdoor rink there. Oh, they did, right. And... Uh, Were you a big hockey player? I played hockey in my time. I was yeah. never much good at it, but right. I played. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was... Can I, can I stop, shut you off there for yeah. a minute? This is where I was raised, in this big old house here. Yeah. My brother lives here, and my nephew lives up here in this trailer. So your brother still lives in the house that you were raised in? No, he lives in a new house up here. Oh. 
Who lives in the house you were raised in? Uh, nobody. My mother was living in there and she just passed away here. Oh, right, right, right. And this was the old schoolhouse. I went to school here for a while. Uh, my dad came to school here. What was the name of it? Pizarro. Pizarro, yeah, Pizarro. Wow, a little tiny wooden school. It also looked like it acted as a church. Well, it was. It was a church. They had dances in there. And it acted there, as there a, a dance hall, too. A dance hall and a church and a school. Whatever was needed. <laughs> Remember when you were talking to Elliot about uh, moving that house, tearing yeah. it down, moving it away? Uh-huh. It's right on this corner here. All right. Wow. At this point, without too much detail, let's just say Mother Nature called and I was outstanding in a field. Bud was late for an event and off he went before I had a chance to say goodbye. Thank you, Bud, for your stories. I'll not soon forget that electric chair. Continuing in the car... It's finally down to the two of us, Bill Warrington, who has single-handedly arranged this entire day for me. We started at 10 o'clock this morning. Here we are at 1.30, and Bill, you couldn't be more proud to take people through this area. You were just telling me that you have relatives that you brought up from the States to show the area to, and what, what was it that they said to you? Well, they said that... Uh they can understand why I've got so attached to this area because there's so much, so much of my roots are here. Yeah. So know, we've like, seen your grand, where your grandfather was. Yep. And um, where your siblings. See, like I had an old aunt that lived. Uh, when we get over here on the hills, I'll show you. Yeah. But anyway, this 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 here on the middle of the section nine, right over there where those trees are. That's where Grandpa Warrington, or my Grandpa Harry Warrington, and Dan Warrington come to. And Dan Warrington lived there, and then probably he moved over to another place. I'm going to take you there and show you that place. And they would have all walked. Well, I don't know how they originally got here, but you see... No, but I mean amongst each other's arms, right? Oh, yeah. Arms, oh, right. yeah. Was, as a matter of fact, they had what they called a barbed wire, barbed, barbed wire telephone, and they used to hook it up to the pasture fence, and they and they'd put insulators on each post, and then they had these little tele, these old telephones, you know, you had crank the... Yeah. And it, it had to be a private thing, because it'd just be... You know, like all these guys were all hooked together because they were that close together. Right? So wait a second, they were connect, they were connected to the barbed wire, yep. and what would they put on the posts? Well, they had to put a little insulator on there, right? Of some kind, maybe it was a piece of rubber tube or something. No kidding. Just, just so that because otherwise the magnet when you run, an old telephone had a magneto in it. Yeah, right. And so that you know to get That's the That's what rings. they used for the electric chair. Yep. <laughs> and and so yeah. and that would actually conduct. Oh yeah, that would. Oh yeah, you and that's talk. how you spoke. Yeah, you could talk back and forth. These people, when I get up on top of the hill, or I'll show you. That's one step beyond the string and the two uh, tin yeah. cans, yeah. really. See, like there there was a there was a telephone company here for the longest time called Pizarro Telephone. Uh huh. That was named after the school down there. Right. And. Uh, and what year would that have been? Oh, it had been in the teens, I guess, when they got that going. Right. And it lasted until the, until the provincial government took over everything and buried the buried the telephone lines and all the rest of it. Right. But I mean, you, there's there's one th one thing about this here farm here that's pretty unique. We're just going to drive down to the driveway. Uh, who who uh, lives on this farm now? Well, this fellow's name is Fisher, but he's married to a cousin of mine. Who was, a, who was a Warrington? Of course, you're everywhere. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't just call the town Warrington. <laughs> they named it after him. There's a, there's, a, there's a story in the history book in Kinnersley about all these towns and how they got their names and things. Right. But anyway, the thing that was unique about this place is there was a spring here. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's what, like I remember when I talked about food and shelter? Yeah. That was the thing that brought them here. Right. Right here where these cattails are, there's a spring in that slough there. Right. So... And excellent water. Yeah, they had to have when you had when you were farming with horses and all the rest of it. You had to have good, good water. Right. 
So, I'm still kind of baffled by this barbed wire <laughs> communication system. Oh, and wow. what about mail? How long would it take for you to get mail here, and how did it come? <clears throat> well, you, you would go into Laverna. Laverna oh, okay. was the post office in there, but right. uh, the thing was that there was, there was, actually, there was enough trains. There was three trains a week. So you got the mail fairly regular. Uh-huh. For those but, days. Yeah, for those days. Nowadays, it would drive you nuts if you had to wait that long for news. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you see, like, over in uh, west of Laverna, see, the when the ra when the railroad come in originally, it come to Laverna, and then it stopped. And then in the 20s, when things were got going again after the Second First World War, mm -hmm. They, met, they put the line out to Hamaruka, which was on its way to Hannah, but it never got out there because then the Second World War started. Right. And they used to have, they used to have a guy ride come from Hamaruka out in there somewhere. And he'd come in here because the, the train would only go out there two days a week. So that one day they would send this guy in there to get the mail. And I thought to myself, you know, that seemed like an awful lot of trouble. Yeah, right. Just to get two days of, two days of mail. But sure. You know, the, the thing that really amazes you, I guess, is that Everything you can imagine, everything right down to pills, groceries, mail, whatever, come on that train. The train was the was, was the lifeline. Life yeah. Now this this is where our farm starts here. Right. And we've got land almost basic basically. There's only one quarter in there that, that you know where my where we talked about where I was raised. Uh huh. We got land that was all that way down. Right. But altogether, how many acres do you have? Oh, I don't know. I guess we seed about 3,500 acres. How many people do you have working your farm? Just Clarence, my brother and I, and a nephew. Wow. Well, we have we have our ne nephews are running around there, and they we they do help us a bit. Then we hire out we hire out when we uh, get uh, when we have to haul grain and stuff. So, so uh, what time does your day start on the farm? Well, my guy, my time, my day usually starts about five o'clock in the morning when I get up and have breakfast listen to CNN for an hour or so to right. see how the world's going. Right. And then what would you... What then would then, you then I would get up and go down to the other farm and we'd feed the cows. And See, like we're driving by some cows that are ours here uh -huh. right now. But I want to take you in here to these oil wells because there's a there's a there's two examples here. There's the, there's the horizontal well with the, what we call the donkey on it. Uh -huh. And then there's the other one with the screw on it that, that's the... That's the... Well, the horizontal one is the one with the screw on it and this one here is vertical. Gonna ask you when does you when do you call it a day? If you're starting to fly, whenever I get whenever when it gets right. dark, I guess. Right, days are long now. Yeah, so you can go for a while. Boy, see, so you don't spend a lot of time sitting idle. Well, I just we just uh, my I, I spend a lot of time sitting either in a tractor or driving around doing something. Right. Now they've they've electrified all these wells so that they don't. They used to have a little pup pup engine on them. And that's a that's a horizontal that's a horizontal well there. Right. It hardly makes a sound. Pumps over into that tank over there. It's you're right, they're amazingly quiet. Yeah. I'll take you down to one where there's an engine on it. Amazing. It, they look quite simple really, the technology. <laughs> I mean it really it's Okay, so tell I, me. I, I come. I, when I get up, I have breakfast, and I'm, lots of mornings I'll come up here and check the cows, see if they're all, all in the pasture. Right. And uh, basically just driving around like we're doing right now. Right. Now that well over there, where that, where that donkey's running over there, that well there was drilled in 1952. No kidding. Is that it's, one it's, of the oldest ones that's around? That's the oldest one, and it's still working. Right. Them, them cows need to get out of there because they're in that grain field, but... We just chase them across the road here and then head on out. Do you have uh, Do you have dogs that herd the cows, or do you just do them yourself? We just use quads and pickup trucks. All oh, right. I'm seeing a lot of these um, little black birds with yellow breasts on them. Yeah. What are they? Oh, well, they're just a black bird. Uh, there's there's metal arcs. So you know what a metal arc is? It's got a yellow breast. Yeah, I, I think it's perhaps a metal arc. That's what it is. Yeah. So you see from here all the way south now, we're just, you're going to go over a pretty rough road and I'm going to take you out in the pasture here, but, um, Do you have horses as well on your farm? Just a one horse and it's just a, it's just a pet. Just a pet? Just a pet. Oh, you gotta, you, everybody has to have a horse. It's not what the young people think. I've never, I never had anything to do with horses. Look, there are baby cows. Yep. 
So calving season happened not so long ago. Oh yeah, it starts usually in April. Right. Most most cases. Are there cases? Well, you know, when you grow up on a farm, you see, you get the birds and the bees taught to you pretty early, huh? Because you you're you're witnessing as kids, you're seeing. Yep. You're seeing oh, cows, yeah. cows being born. It was late into the day and there was still so much to see. I turned the recorder off and said, Bill, I simply have to return for part two. And so return I will. And yes, we'll hear more from Bill in upcoming podcasts. Kindersley has some very enthusiastic folks who are a testament to the stories that celebrate this part of the province. And there are more stories for me to share with you. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animateur program operated by Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other Sass Culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Sascapes podcasts are also available through the iTunes Store. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time... <laughs>